This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. It's time. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Good Mythical video junkyard podcast uh and it's one of those odd times where it's just like hey you know what was great reviewing video game movies with my friends my other friends not to say that joe and eric aren't my friends anyways moving on from social awkwardness (laughs) i once again with my fellow comrades decided let's make another episode based on a 90s video game movie because god damn it they're there and they're a thing welcome back to the uh, the show and specifically this episode and maybe many more maybe <laughs> is uh my friends david andrews and david safrigan david's how y'all doing hello um doing all right how about you other david i'm i'm good i'm great just ready to rock <laughs> finally ready to rock yeah and and roll man all, all night so yeah tonight's episode we're actually going to re talk about street fighter uh the 1994 movie <laughs> um but yeah so basic info about the street fighter movie is that it's loosely following the plot of street fighter 2 world warrior very loosely as in the film focuses on the efforts of colonel guile played by van damme to bring down general m bison played by raul julia the military dictator and drug kingpin of Shadowloo, uh, kingpin of Shadowloo City, who aspires to conquer the world with an army of genetic super soldiers, while enlisting the aid of Street Fighters Ryu and Ken to infiltrate Bison's empire and help destroy it from within. Um, yeah, that seems about right. Ryu. Um, what do, do you guys have? Uh, what's your guys' personal history with this movie? Because I, I remember this movie at the age of four quite fondly. So, <laughs> Well, you certainly have more history with it than I do, as I go all the way back to last week with this movie. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, this was your first viewing, wasn't this it? This was my first viewing. I knew the movie existed. But I had never seen even a lick of it. And I feel like I missed out on something by not seeing it as a child. It's uh, definitely something. Yeah. David? Yeah, as for me, this was right around the time I was watching all the other infamous video game movies for the first time. So, like Mortal Kombat, Super Mario, and Street Fighter. About, I don't know, five, six years back. I thought it was in your early 20s. I thought it was a lot later that, than that. That would I... be about five, six years back, technically. Oh, I see. Because <laughs> you're 30 now, and I started doing the math. Well, I'm, I, I'm 31, <laughs> so I, I guess seven or eight, maybe, if time yeah. ran away from me a bit. But 
I'm trying to age you. When it came out, I was four, and I saw it about 20 years later. So Yeah, yeah, you saw it much later. So we got to have, we kind of have like a, oh man, okay, yeah, it's me. I watched so many of these fucking movies like in the 90s, actually, like when they came out, when the idea is like, oh my God, video game movies they are not accurate, but we're not going to get any better than this. And still have it. <laughs> well, debatably. Debatable, yeah. Um, looking at you, Sonic movie. <laughs> still debatable. Um, yeah, this this is uh, let's just let's just jump into it, dude. Unless somebody has some production notes. Believe it or not, I do. I think. Well, not majorly, but I just to set the tone, uh, the the director D'Souza, he yeah. he basically decided most of his decisions around this film were I don't want to make another Super Mario Bros. movie, and uh, <laughs> it kind of shows because uh, he doesn't he chose very deliberately to keep everything very loosey goosey when it comes to. The actual connections to the game. Yeah. That is an accurate assessment. Yeah, I would say Lucy Goosey feels very yeah. accurate. He also said say. he did not want to make a generic martial arts movie, which is... Uh, and he described <laughs> it as a cross between Star Wars, James Bond, and a war film. Which it certainly checks none of those. <laughs> um, so it checks those boxes like a drunk kid taking his st- SAT the morning of his hangover. Well, I, I guess the boat did technically look like it came straight from the Tomorrow Never Dies set, which is odd because that literally came out a few years after this, but that's neither here or there. Um, I like how this is like 92, 93 during the filming. He doesn't want it to be just another martial arts film so the obvious answer get jean-claude van damme ah but you see david that was not his choice that was capcom's ah ah, that that capcom who was the maker of the game was also the producer of the film and essentially every decision that was made in that film had to be vetted through capcom unlike nintendo in in mario brothers who said yeah whatever you just do whatever the fuck you want get it done (laughs) <laughs> da, 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 da. Um, so yeah so Capcom is essentially like yeah we're gonna finger this pie hardcore <laughs> um, okay I'm gonna jump into the plot <laughs> sorry um, so yeah we, brief synopsis uh, so from starting off of this movie like yeah it's definitely like it's loosely a civil war between Shadaloo and the allied nations but it's essentially kind of like just beef between guile and bison <laughs> and it kind of starts with bison um holding uh some kind of like political prisoners uh including some allied nations members like uh guile's friend charlie blanca which we'll get more on him later uh holding them all for 20 billion dollars in ransom um and (laughs) pretty much right away like before twitter 
rivalries and spats and shit. Like, these two leaders of these armies, Guile and Bison, like, the way they fucking, like, challenge one another on these hacked news feeds is essentially like watching, like, a wrestling match between two people. Like, if you just threw fucking... It just threw in, like, uh, Randy Savage, like, Guile! (laughs) I need $20 billion or I will destroy all these folks. You're so right. That is the exact vibe they have. It very much is. And then then you got fucking, uh, you know, Ric Flair, Guile. Whoa, you ain't getting my money. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but i imagine guile would be more of a oh i'm the only one that watches wrestling but like kurt angle yeah. the, okay. the the american just like and the only thing i know about wrestling is that um john cena would be the boat <laughs> now john cena's in the film you just can't see him yeah he's the boat <laughs> the boat that turns invisible damn man took apart the joke but yes let's talk about actually God, sorry. Randy really hurt my voice. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so let's actually talk about these characters before we keep going on. Let's talk about Guile, played by Hot Damn Jean Claude Windowless Van. Damn it! There, that was a that was in the notes. You, you I made to it read through it. that. Wow. I did. I did. Hot <laughs> Damn Jean Claude Windowless Van. Damn it! <laughs> playing Guile. Um, you know, a very so American that he's Belgian. <laughs> Nothing against that, but I don't know. What, what were you guys? What are you guys thinking about the performance with with well, with him as guy? I I do have something to say, which I think solves literally everything. Yeah. Uh, you see, um, our 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 Van Dam man. He was Van Dam man. He was blitzed on cocaine. The entire time. (laughs) I'm looking at the same thing. He was gone. (laughs) So that kind of explains it. Like, so this is the Allied Nations, the AN. But if there was to be like the UN, and if you had a military leader challenge a dictator the way that guile does in this yeah i would believe like oh this dude jacked up on cocaine like <laughs> he's so combative yeah so oh my goodness the exact number they have here is that it was ten thousand dollars a week worth of coke and that but the, what i love is the, i like how this is documented like this but, is a documented fucking yes, fact they clearly know this for a fact because they hired a wrangler to keep an eye on him which i just want to say <laughs> if you hired a full-time job guy just to watch him and he was still managing to sneak 10 grand of coke a week up his nose you need to fire the wrangler well, he's not doing i was gonna job. say the the urban the wrangler was actually a really big fan and kind of an enabler so it, <laughs> it might have actually been worse than not hiring a Wrangler at all. What you need is your Wrangler needs to be an actual Wrangler. Like someone you have out on a ranch, like with a lasso trying to capture like coked up Van Damme. <laughs> like doing these fucking air kicks and shit and like, hold on, little doggy. Well, that <laughs> Damn, man. The other big thing to note is that he was apparently very difficult to work with because he knew he was the hot <laughs> shit of the movie. Like... He knew he was the biggest star on campus, basically. He was 
jacked up on like how much? How much? Ten thousand dollars worth a week. Yeah, ten thousand dollars worth a week. How and long? How many weeks also, did this fucking shoot for? That's in nineteen ninety-four money. So. <laughs> <laughs> Cause for inflation. Like, what's the inflation rate in cocaine money? <laughs> so, so does, I just want to observe mean... that there are two dominant um, a- uh, acting supplements. You can either be the Mario Brothers and get drunk off your ass to be more Italian, <laughs> or you can be Jean-Claude Van Damme and do 10 and, grand of coke to be more and American. And cocaine your way to the USA. <laughs> <laughs> So those are your two I options. I laughed so hard I threw up a little. <laughs> I wish I was lying, but I did. Is it bad that I just see Jean-Claude Van Damme just snorting some cocaine and just doing the Milan song? <laughs> <laughs> Who is the girl I see? Are you t- I, I thought you were no, going to oh, oh, no, that was. That I'll was, make a man out of you. I I mean, <laughs> <laughs> this is convenient because the actress who plays Mulan is in this movie yeah, too. But we're we'll get to her get later. To her. Oh my god! Okay, so where I were talking about coked up Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh my god! <laughs> um, uh, I kind of want to touch a little bit on the AN forces too, just connected with them. Which the AN forces essentially is like twenty people, maybe more so like three total in the, <laughs> end of the movie. Oh, that's definitely what it looks like. Um, and which feature, you know, a couple other fucking characters, but they're not really given much attention, even though I know they're major characters in the fucking game, and I'm not going to really well, get into well, it. But there's one that was forcefully added, David. Well, two. Two that were forcefully added, actually. Uh, oh, actually, okay. most of the characters were forcefully added. And it's kind of complicated. So essentially, Capcom kept going to the director is like, you need to add more characters. And the director's like, no. <laughs> but he had to so he would put them in like many roles but two that are really interesting to note is uh and i don't have the his first name on our notes but his last name is sawada and he plays captain sawada and he was the person that capcom wanted to play ryu and the, the director just refused because they would have to overdub all his lines because he couldn't really speak english mm-hmm and yeah. it's very and, obvious in the filming. Oh, yes. And they still required him to be in there, though, so they gave him a different role. And then uh, they, because they got the filming rights for Australia, that's why Cammy was Kylie Minogue. Oh, really? Yep, Australia forced her into the film. Uh, Jeez, this film is just being like, listen, we're going to need you to play with coked up John called Van Damme over there. Like, I don't want to. He just keeps doing air kicks. <laughs> he really uh, does. Actually, according according to rumors, those two actually got along a little bit too famously, uh, oh. to, to put it very lightly. Um, and it's another great juxtaposition, because this movie is just full of juxtapositions. Apparently, Kylie Minogue was like one of the nicest people on set, but Van Damme oh, yeah. was like the biggest cock. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to say... Capcom inadvertently saved Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, I think in a lot of ways they did, because, uh... <clears throat> Cause the um, ca- I assume you're going for the, 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 the same point there. Jean-Claude Van Damme was going to be Johnny Cage. I will say, like, after hearing this whole thing about Jean-Claude being pretty much the biggest asshole... And seeing that he is in an allied nations, an A-N, United States, U.S., 
you know, <clears throat> member, <laughs> that makes him an ANUS. And I think that fits. Yeah, he seems like funny. a real anus. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, anus. <clears throat> that's... I want... Okay. Uh, next, of course, we need to talk about Bison. Bison is the whole reason for the movie. Yes. Played by the late, great Raul Julia in his... Sadly, his last performance. Um, while you have fucking Jean-Claude coked up of his fucking mind, you have main villain played by Raul Julia who gives a super over-the-top, campy, but wonderful performance while dying of stomach cancer. It was stomach cancer, I believe, right? It was cancer. He was dying of cancer. Yeah. He was He was so sick to the point that uh, they had to change the entire shooting, which is why a lot of the action scenes end up being so awful is because uh, they were supposed to like train the actors weeks in advance, but because Raw was so sick... They had to push all his scenes up to the top of the to like the top of the shooting order. So then, uh, people sometimes were being trained the day of shooting before oh they did their goodness. action sequence. So in a lot of ways, he was kind of the savior and the destroyer of this yeah. film. Well, it's kind of tough because like he's clearly in a weakened state mm-hmm. because of his cancer. And there's always that thought of like as a kid, like M. Bison is, you know, he fits the name of Bison. He's a thick fucking dude. He's a big fucking necked man. Um, but Raul Julia is clearly wearing, like, a muscle suit with a tiny head. Um, <laughs> He's not wearing the tiny head. <laughs> well, I mean, let's not get into logistics stuff again. But, um, no, it's one of those things where it's just like, as a kid, you don't really quite know. It's like, oh, this doesn't quite fit. But it's like, yeah, it makes sense because he's... he's being fucking whittled away by a fucking terminal disease mm-hmm. uh so it's like it's sad but oh my fucking god like this being his performance he did it for his kids that, there's that fun little trivia back like his kids were big fans of uh street fighter so julia is just like yeah i'm gonna i want to do this for my my children and he just delivers the greatest lines in cinema history <laughs> Well, I mean, he he literally chews every scene he's in. Yeah. As as soon as he's on the screen, your eyes are on him the entire time, and uh, yeah, he he takes it. He fought, yeah, dude. Like there are just a couple of uh, there's the major speech, which I think we'll probably deal with when we get back around to Chung Lee. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Basically, every time he monologues, it's just the best. And it's it's all anyone ever quotes about in this movie. It's just his entire fucking script. Of course. <laughs> I mean, I, he definitely reads as a drug le- drug leader turned world dictator kind of level of like maniacal energy, which is funny given when you find out who is really like jacked up on like mm-hmm. thousands of dollars of drugs. I was gonna say he he brings a hundred percent eighties cartoon villain energy to this role. Oh, hardcore! Like he's he's fucking skeletoring it on up up in this shit. Yes, and I'm all for it. Like, of course, it's 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 delicious. It's one of those things. Like, okay, so at at four, of course, I this is weird to say, but I was a huge fan of Raul Julia. And it was mainly because I loved both Adam's Family movies and Street Fighter. I think the main reason I watched Street Fighter, because I never actually played the games. 
I didn't have the consoles. I was too fucking poor. But um, I watched this movie a lot because I recognized Raul Julia as a four-year-old. And like, ah, it's it's Gomez. I love Gomez. I love this dude. I love Bison. In fact, when I finally did get to play Mortal Kombat, like a couple years later on my cousin's, like, whatever system he had it on, I would always choose M. Bison because of how much I loved Raul Julia's performance as Bison. Um, that was my introduction to Bison. So it's, I was actually quite devastated at five, I think four or five, when I found out he was, he died. Where my parents were watching one of those award ceremonies and they did those like tributes to actors who have passed. And then they showed him on there and my like little kid brain couldn't quite comprehend what, what's going on. It's like, oh, he, he's dead. He passed away. I fucking bawled my eyes out. I remember to this day, like, the whole situation. It was the first time I ever actually dealt with, like, a celebrity's death. Uh, the only other death that I think that affected me in the same way was uh, Chadwick Boseman uh, when he recently passed away from cancer. Well, I mean, their, like, their stories are almost parallel when it comes to their final movies and performances. Like, yeah. I, I Bison was <clears throat> fighting it more publicly, of course, but... yeah. Very, very parallel. Yeah. It's one of those things, like I said, but as a four-year-old for me, I didn't know that he had cancer. I didn't even know he died until that very moment, and it was explained to me, and I just lost it. But, yeah. Anyways, Raul. Man always knocks it out of the park. But, um, speaking of park, uh, his, his plans and his army <laughs> is so fucking great. Um... He, he he plans on building, like, a metropolis. What was it fucking called? Bisonopolis. Bisonopolis. And, like, at one point, he's pointing at this building shaped like his little fucking emblem going, and here will be the food court, which <laughs> all major food organizations would want to be a part of. Like, this motherfucker has fucking plans. He even has something called bison bucks. Bison dollar. Can I get some of that currency with Raul Julia's fucking face on it? <laughs> Just as him bison? I think we could seize the day. We could totally make bison coin. <laughs> bison coin? Why is bison coin not... <laughs> the vi- That's it. Officially for the Video Junkyard podcast, maybe this little subdivision of the junkyard, the three of us are going to start doing uh, bison bitcoin. <laughs> Just... Oh my god, it, it flows so nicely. Come get your bison bucks today. Uh, start investing now. It's going to be a thing if it isn't already. I really don't um, think there'd be anything from stopping us from actually naming it Bison Bucks. Uh, I I, no. I can think of at least one Japanese company that would stop us. <laughs> <laughs> what if we did it with it with a Y? <laughs> that's it. That's, bye, that's son. The well, that, <laughs> we we're we're going to have some confused illiterate vacuum owners on our way. <laughs> Sorry, I'm picturing that King of the Hill <laughs> meme. If they could read, they'd be really disappointed. <laughs> um, Speaking uh, of not Capcom. being able to read the script, uh, do you want to talk about Ryu and Ken? Yeah, we should. Oh um, my goodness. Yes. Yeah, okay, so moving on in the story is next that we, we they move past this whole little spat to this weird like scenario in the middle of nowhere uh, like this fake fake weapons deal, which is an intro to Ryu and Ken, you know, the protagonists of the fucking game series. You find out they're fucking rip-off arms dealers. Rip-off arms dealer. <laughs> 
Sorry, they <laughs> conjured a mental image of ripping off arms. <laughs> <laughs> and then dealing them out. <laughs> but... And this is also where we meet uh, Sagat and uh, Vega. And it turns out they just have toy guns, which uh, leads to kind of a comical fight with the fucking toy guns at some point. Just firing these fucking, like, tennis, tennis ball balls. size fucking things. Like, boom, boom, boom. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, what do you guys want to talk about with that fucking Oh, scene? so I didn't know what was coming there. I just saw, <clears> like... Uh, <laughs> no, they, they point these guns at him, and I'm like, whoa, I didn't think this movie was even, like, PG-13. This, oh, oh, tennis balls. Tennis balls. Okay, yeah, that makes sense now. <laughs> uh, I mean, if anyone had been shot in the face with those Nerf balls... That, like, okay, so you know those Nerf guns that fire tennis balls for, like, dogs and shit? If you ever get shot in the face with that with close range... It hurts, from what I'm told. <laughs> and that's exactly what Ryu and Ken said to the arms dealers. Like, hey, hey, you get hit in the face, it hurts. It it's, hurts. It's still a gun. <laughs> you could really bruise up a fucking person with a couple hits, you know? Like, really get your point across. By the way... I think I, this was a good deal. I want to apologize here because while I got it right that time saying Ryu, I am going to slip up and say Ryu. I'm still not yeah. sure that you're right. I still think it is Ryu. <laughs> I know they say Ryu in the movie, but... They do over and over. In my entire life, I've been saying Ryu. You, let's keep in mind, during the, the M. Night Shyamalan Last Airbender movie, they called Aang Ong the entire time. That is true. They did. If we could never be reminded of that movie, that oh. would be great. Yeah. Well, what do you mean, Ryan? Eventually we have to do that. This is what this you is know, leading up to. At least that's not as bad as Ukog. <laughs> or whatever it was from that Dragon Ball Evolution thing. Ukog sounds kind of like an onomatopoeia for like what happens when you get a, like have to pass a kidney stone. Right. Ukog! <clears throat> so, Anyways. I yeah. guess... Uh... My biggest complaint about Ryu and Ken in this movie is that they're clearly the most outside of the source material in the shows. Like, these are supposed oh, to be the protagonists of Street Fighter, you know, along with Gail and Chun-Li. And, like, just the gross mischaracterization. You can't even buy it. Like, Ryu is simply a dude trying to become stronger through martial arts, and Ken is... You know, part of his JoJo and just does kind of his own thing. Like it's just there's um there's this kind of reoccurring. You definitely feel it in Double Dragon, <laughs> the the live action version of Double Dragon, like this weird feeling of like. Uh, in this situation, you got two like you have an Asian and Caucasian character, but there's this. <laughs> There's this emphasis on the Caucasian mm -hmm. character in these mm -hmm. portrayals. Like, out of the two of them, he's the lead. Even mm -hmm. though in reality, it's like, nah, it's, it's Ryu. Ryu is the main here. You know they have, like, the studio whoever heads are just like, yeah, we can't have, a like, a lead Asian character. No one's going to fucking watch this. And, like, well, you don't think uh, anyone plays the video games going, oh, I can't play him, he's Asian. Like, you do know there's Asian Americans too, right? Hmm. Like there's always like that like well that's the thing even in the movie watching he, these even in the movie he's Asian American not straight Japanese Japanese like his character is supposed to be yeah it's it's kind of just 
like in hindsight it's like god it's gross it's common back especially back then it's just like it's one of those things the further you get from the 90s the less like the less you you see it as a progressive fucking group of people it's like oh it's kind of better than the 80s it's just kind (laughs) of rough because everybody else gets close enough like yeah Chun Li, now she's a journalist instead of a cop, but she's basically trying to do the same thing as she would in the games. Kill, catch bison. You know, yeah, uh, Honda's like still gets... a super sumo wrestler, you know, Guile's still an arms forces man. But <laughs> Well, can. Honda's kind of... Honda, they actually kind of change a little bit, too. Like, more... Um... Well, they, they change everyone a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so, like, there's always a, it's just that, I think it's just more so I'm just pointing out, like, that whole, like, Asian white dude, uh, buddy, the white dude always gets the lead, but he always has the same fucking characteristics. Ken's pretty much, his, his whole character is, like, kind of like Johnny Cage light. Well, we literally thought like, he was Johnny Cage. We literally <laughs> thought it was the same actor who would play Johnny Cage, and, yeah, I remember that. I, I legitimately kind of thought it for a second. I think as a kid, I was convinced it was. But it's like, he's still like kind of this gross dude that just kind of sleazy a little bit. Like, he always hits on Chun-Li. It's like... Oh, yeah. God, it's so... It's hard. It, it's one of those things that's hard to watch in this movie. Uh, Ken is kind of a... Just, God, I don't give a rat's ass about Ken. What is that <laughs> um, comment he makes, like, right at the end of, like, as long as you wear that, or something like that? No, that was Kyle. Uh, that was Kyle, and I'm yeah, pretty sure he that. wasn't in... I'm pretty sure that was that just was Jean-Claude Van Damme. Forgot he was being filmed. <laughs> yeah, that was yep. definitely a, a Jean-Claude situation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so moving, moving on. No, well, we do get at one moment of a cage fight between Ryu and um, Vega... And you feel like this is going to be the first street fight, and it's quickly ruined by Guile, uh, and the re- and Very everyone quickly. gets arrested. And what? Why are they getting arrested for? Is it the illegal street fighting? Is it the arms dealing? Curfew, no, they're past curfew. Yeah, yeah, they're past curfew. And like, really? Is this? Huh? I don't know <laughs> how I feel about this police state. I don't know <laughs> if it's like this seems pretty extreme for a curfew call, but at the same time, also shows some incompetence. Yeah, didn't they, like, bust down the wall? They fucking drove the through curfew. the wall with yeah. a tank and said, you all pass curfew. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, so it kind of leads to this next kind of plot line where Guile kind of wants to re- recruit Ryu and Ken so they get them part of Bison's crew or army is that they do this weird plan of shenanigans to get out of prison, which ultimately leads to the fucking death of Guile, um, just to join a mad dictator. Um, is there anything else to really say about that scene? No. <laughs> this is kind of like, nah, that, that's, that's pretty much pretty it. That's pretty much it. Uh, which, so, yeah, the going forward, that's what they pretty much they do. They do a bunch of shit, and they fucking, like, gun down Guile. Uh, and so let's now talk about Chun-Li and her gang, who are kind of a very interesting subplot, which I think should have been actually maybe a little bit more main than it was kind of given. But th- this movie does try to do its best to sh- give as many characters some kind of light. Because they but, had uh, to. They had to. But 
I would say Chun Li was well performed. Yep, yep, yep. Chun Li, uh, I honestly feel, was like as close to her character in the game as about anyone in the movie. Well, Win always does a good job in general. Like she's still knocking it out of the park today. <laughs> like well, she's is, in. This is while she was doing ER. Oh, she was in ER. Yeah. I forgot. Because uh, she was actually production note minute. Uh, she was talking to George Clooney like, oh my god, this movie is going to ruin my career. And George Clooney's like, nah, man. <laughs> oh, it's Wait not. Wait till you do Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not knowing what his future is. <laughs> right. I bet, I bet. You know what's funny? Because Mulan came out in 97, I think. 97 or 98, uh, yeah, like pretty much same year. Same year as Batman and Robin. So I wonder, like, after she hit the success with Mulan, that she went back to Clooney going, like, and him going, like, oh, my God, this movie's going to ruin my career. And she's like, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, giving back the advice. Here you go, kid. Um, now, if you excuse me, I'm going to go off and do Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and be Disney's and clone wait. forever. You're right. I'm going to be a Disney princess. Then I'm going to be an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then I'm going to be a Star Wars bounty hunter, which... To the day, this day, um, I, I love her performance. Yeah, she's a and Disney triple hat. Those. She is. She she is a triple threat, and she um she's a triple threat in this movie because Chun Li is not. She is a ninja journalist spy, like she on a on a revenge kick. Like you probably did. You probably could have done this whole movie kind of based on her adventure because her character backstory is essentially, um. Bison killed her family, and she's out for fucking blood. And then she also recruits um, Honda and Belrog, the one who is a sumo wrestler, you know, from the games, and the other one who's a boxer. And, you know, these guys also have, like, some history with um, the, Basically, the Bison army. Yeah. Bison ruined all their lives. Ruin all their lives. So they're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to sneak into this black market. There's this black market festival going on where Bison is making a deal with Sagat, with Ryu and Ken. This is them trying to get all mushy-mushy. And their plan is like, we're just going to sneak into this fucking black arms uh, carnival full of fucking weaponry. And we're just going to kill the dictator. Like, just cold-blooded. Actually, Stafrigan, you picked up on some Easter eggs in the black market scene. Oh, I I almost didn't catch it at all, but, like, since this is a black market, as they're panning into the shop from the aerial view, you can see there's, like, a helicopter in the background, and the guy's trying to sell it to some other guy standing there talking. And, like, a used car salesman, he's like, yeah, it was only used once in, in Saigon and whatever year, and I'm like... Oh, 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 wow. That was kind of, hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't have caught that as a kid. <laughs> right. Very interesting humor going on in the background of this. Very interesting world. But, you know, as things are going, like, Ryu and Ken, they separate from fucking Sagat and them. They come across the the Chun-Li gang, uh, and they feel like, yeah, let's not do that fucking plan. And as, that, as that's fucking going on, Bison... 
and Sagat are going to come to an agreement. Sagat's all happy. And then Bison whips out <laughs> the, bison, the bucks. bison Bucks. With a completely straight face. So happy. Like, yes, this is how I'm going to pay for everything. This, this is what I pay you with. Is all He's this like, money with my what face. Can, what can I do with this fucking toy money? He says, once I rule the world. And by the way, I fucking will. This is going to be the only legal currency, so you're kind of getting the ground floor. You know, coming from that mind point, yeah, you know, that kind of makes sense. And I think he, he says, like, before he even ruled it, it's he already claims it's worth, like, $5 or something. Like $5 to the pound. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, bold fucking claims. Needless to say that this leads to a fucking, like, standoff. You and know, so here's the, here's the thing. These motherfuckers would have wiped each other out. But, because apparently, the I guess, maybe the, the, the fucking hostages matter? I don't know. They don't really make that fucking clear. Ryu and Ken run in and try to separate them. Meanwhile, fucking Chun-Li in the game at Action 2 News, decide, like, let's do a quick, quick change from assassination to just... Detonation. <laughs> to doing some vandalizing of their shit uh, on a TV. Like, they, they somehow broadcast... I guess they would have the equipment. They hijack a TV uh, signal, and they appear on their screen. And, uh, what's his name? The fucking big idiot. Um, Thank Zangief. Thank you. Zangief, by the way, is a fucking treasure in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when it comes to, like, idiot henchmen. Goes, Quick! Change the channel! When she's about to detonate whatever they're gonna detonate. Or do whatever they're gonna do. Which I think is just... Oh, you you glorious dumb bastard. That, that is my favorite line of the he, film. Hands down. He's, uh, he's very Kronk before Kronk happened. I really loved Zangief, and especially that line with the quick turn off the TV. But... I think the one problem was, unlike the other movies of the era, they, did, they didn't get two guys from the Goon Squad to be a, a couple. Like, Zangief was good, but what he really needed was one more moron, um, like, muscle head with him. Like, well, the like problem that. was his foil was actually way smarter than him. And, and tried, oh, yeah. And just basically... Like, they did have a two-man system. It was just poorly written. Between him and yeah. DJ. Oh, yeah, DJ. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, I almost forget about him. So did the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you try to fit 30 characters into a 90-minute movie. It really is. Um, okay, we're trying to speed this up then. So, Guile's big fucking plan is to, like... Oh, uh, surprise, Guile's alive. Oh, by the way, Guile's actually alive. Yeah, he's actually uh, alive. We yeah, he was waiting for Chung Lee to find him on the table while he was just coke vibing. <laughs> <I> mean, that's, <laughs> that's when he was in his coke coma. Um, that was what was funny to me, too, is like, like he faked his death, but they left him on a table, and he just waited for somebody to sneak in and check to see if he's still alive. Wait. How long did he fucking wait on that table in the dark? For a character, just for it to be Chun Li who <laughs> sneaks in, going, "Oh, you're actually alive! I came to see you were dead." Yeah, well, I'm not dead. No, I <laughs> so. am cocaine cowboy. 
<laughs> I am cocaine cowboy. Where's my Wrangler? He's also my dealer. I'm going to get really in a giant invisible boat. Elevates the stakes that he had the time to just sit there for an untold amount of time for a slightly more dramatic reveal. With a sheet to over one. him. Which is impressive. Yeah, with a sheet over him. Which is impressive given how much coke he was on. He was standing that still. <laughs> Um, hot damn Jean-Claude windowless Van Dammit. <laughs> coked out of his fucking mind. It's like, we're going to get into an invisible boat and we're going to drive up to them and attack their shit. Which is the dumbest fucking thing because even if the boat goes invisible, it's just a trail of water. It's, and it's still like, a boat traveling at like 60 knots. Like, when they're, like, firing upon them, it's just like, hey, maybe we aim for whatever's producing those waves of water. <laughs> yeah, that seems legit. Let's do that. Even when they get fucking close to it anyways, they fucking, like, decloak. And it's just like, what was the point of this? <laughs> like, you're living the big life. Yeah. Clear, like, this. the, the only stealth thing seemed to be, like, it was good at evading their radar, and they had a whole bunch of these floating mines in this river so he was just trying like bison was there manually detonating them trying to guess about where they were with a fight stick see. yeah uh, oh yeah he was actually using like the joystick from the yes, actual the joystick arcade games that was a fun uh, little easter egg seeing that that was yeah that was pretty fun <laughs> um but like that was the only thing that really uh, classified the boat as stealth it doesn't even doesn't even say something really corny when he thinks he blows up Kyle like Game Over Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, he does a game over. Um Yes, he does. I I I, I loved it. Um I loved anything that has bison in it. Speaking of, let's move to the next scene that's worth talking about is actually the Chun Li mm-hmm. uh confronts bison. Uh this is where after everyone gets caught apparently and it literally turns into a whole different movie for for, for one <laughs> yeah. solid scene it's like the greatest thing ever put in cinema it is it is where chun Li reveals her backstory to us and to bison to who she is and why she wants to kill bison why he in his glorious fake muscle stuffed robe still wearing his hat he switches hats switches actually. to his dress hat yeah yeah, or his, um, I guess his leisure his, hat in this case. It's a it's the same type of hat, but like more leisurely, because uh, a dictator got a tape. Um, in his uh, Hugh Hefner style robes, with like I said, the fake muscles are still fucking underneath them. I just know um, he wears one of those hats to bed. Yes, <laughs> if he if he sleeps, <laughs> um, he. He's trying to seduce Chun Li, and it's kind of, that that's always it's... weird. With nothing <laughs> but, but just like... forceful, no talk charisma. Yes, and here's the thing: Raul Julia is like say we will about the guy. He is definitely a charmer. He is definitely a charismatic uh, charmer, you know, uh, very much. It, it, I I read that um, he drew his character from other dictators at Pablo Escobar being one of them and i could definitely feel some escobar vibes in his charisma and, and his escape attempts oh yeah <laughs> and sometimes that look that he he gets in his eyes that 
says he gets Colombian it. drug lord. <laughs> yes, I was gonna say. Um, he uh, Raul definitely has has a way with his eyes and a mm-hmm. smile to give you like mm-hmm. mania. Mm-hmm. Um, Very much. Uh, another thing is I noticed in the background as he was sitting there in his in his robe and shit, and she's spilling out her guts. There's a po- It's like it's like a Pablo Picasso esque clown painting oh, of bison in the background, which is just like interesting. He thinks he's funny. <laughs> like, uh, but yes, did it, uh, Andrews, do you want to talk about the wonderful line? You love it so much. I, I'm going to oh, give it to you. God, I can't ever quote it though. But basically, what it comes down to is uh, Chun Li is spilling her whole life story about how Bison kills her dad, the Freedom Fighter, and this whole time, Bison's ignoring her and just stripping, basically. Yep. <laughs> yes. And then when when <laughs> she finally gets her attention, he was just like. I'm sorry. I don't remember any of it. You don't remember? For you, the day Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. So, what? Uh, What a missed opportunity of him saying Tuesday and not Wednesday making a connection to Adam's family, mm-hmm. but that's just my personal beef. It, it carried <laughs> the same vibes of Infinity Gauntlet, the Thanos, the, you took everything from me. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> you, well, you know that's the other way around. That was, that was fucking the Russo brothers. Like, oh shit, we gotta get a Raul Julia moment in. Right. You just, just had Thanos throw out like, it was a Tuesday! <laughs> snaps his fingers. I'm sorry, little one. Actually, on the release date, it was technically a Thursday, oh. but you were, we were splitting hairs. I don't even know who Tuesday is anymore. Well, I mean, honestly, <laughs> uh, Thanos does have the Raul Julia vibe. Like, throughout, like, it's the same fucking energy, mm-hmm. man. I mean, can you imagine if Raul Julia was still alive today and played a Thanos? Well, I was just about to say, like, if they ever reboot the Street Fighter movie, they better fucking call Josh Brolin. Yes! He would, I, I can see him of the bison. Yep. Really? Yep, that's a good idea. Damn, we got it down. Fan casting. Make it official. This fucking podcast is over. <laughs> All podcasts are over. Because you just gotta make him uh, bison. Uh, so, <laughs> okay. So the end of the scene with Bison in the game is that the Ryu and the other people they show up. They're all gonna try to attack him at once, but they're all fucking bickering over who gets to fight him first. And Bison just does like a Batman-esque escape in a in like a, a glassed room, and then flips on a, a switch that just ejects gas into the room, knocking everyone out. Mm-hmm. Very campy villain-esque, and Raul Julia's fucking like ha 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 fades out with the teeth and the eyes and everything. It just more adds more layers to whoever this characterization is of Bison in this movie is like this man is something. You know. It's that sort of thing that makes me feel like I'm going to overgeneralize here, but like he was really the only truly three-dimensional performance in the movie. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He's a three-dimensional, two-dimensional performance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> not a bad way of putting it. Well, his, his was the only performance that I sort of fucking nuance. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, like, like it has a presence. You just reminded me of the line where Blanca or Dolcine's torturing Blanca and uh, fucking Bison looks over at the screen and he's like, why is he so disturbed by the standard oh, educational yeah. material? And this look on his face is just pure confusion. Like, meanwhile, they're they're like brainwashing him with fucking like horrific, like like Auschwitz slaughter. Yeah, he's like, but this is such this is such beautiful imagery. I don't get it. Yeah, this this is just the standard material. What? This isn't even the the bad stuff. Dalsim looks and like, what the fuck you just say? <laughs> Dude, you crazy. That's what you are. You're fucking insane. That's... Yeah, Dalsim says, because unlike you, he's not a fucking psychopath. (laughs) Drops mic. Game over! Yeah. Uh, Speaking of, that's a good segue into Blanca Super Soldier subplot. So, going back to Charlie from earlier, and Bison's plan is to make him a Blanca. So they they don't know really how how to handle Blanca, because Blanca in the in in the games has a very interesting backstory. Like he's green, because he's a vegetarian, I guess. Oh yeah. I, um, and he ha- can produce electricity, because he's has a hairy chest, I guess. I don't. But he's supposed to be a Brazil fighter, and apparently back then they didn't really know what brazilians look like i guess i don't what's brazil like, he's, like i guess he he was a he was a kid who got lost in a plane crash and raised in the jungle and it turned him into whatever blanca is which fun fact the creator of of cap of uh street fighter um that's his favorite fucking character is blanca he has like a little blanca toy that he got uh, like a happy meal from some fast food place and he keeps it around him at all times his favorite fucking character. This movie had no fucking idea what to do with Blanca. <laughs> and it's just like, why don't we just kind of make him a like like a Bane Hulk situation and inject him with I swear to god, IV bags oh, okay. full of what looks like Gatorade D- entitled <laughs> What's the one. Yeah, I was going to no, say-, no, say it. D- DNA mutagen and what's the other one? Growth hormone or some shit? Yeah. It just says, like, one liter DNA mutagens and bright green fluid. Well, it's it's literally the exact same scene as Batman and Robin's Bane auction, where they're like, and this yes. is the Venom! So once again, we're wondering if Batman and Robin is taken from... <laughs> like, movies are taken from this movie, because <laughs> they know it worked. Um, and Dulcim is... Uh, uh, supposed to be in charge. He's a prisoner in this. Um, prisoner scientist. Prisoner scientist, and he does this little sneaky, sneaky. Like when it's at like the forty-nine percent mark of like I'm gonna evilness. Apparent puppies and, and unicorns. Yeah, I'm gonna show him a bunch of happy things, including like somehow we also had footage of Blanca having a double date with um Guile. Like, showing their friendship. So I'm like, where did that footage come from? <laughs> did Bison have this in his fucking records? To be clear, that wasn't during the interrogation. That was just something Gal was watching in his stealth boat instead of doing his mission. Oh, you're right. 
God, it's been a while since we watched this movie. <laughs> um, it just doesn't blend well. It's just, <laughs> fuck you, editing. But yeah, so that that whole thing's going on. So now Blanca is half good, half evil. And there's He's that whole fifty-one percent good, forty-nine percent evil. Yep. Yes, that's what it is. And a hundred percent green. And a hundred percent green. Uh and very ugly. <laughs> very ugly. Uh I know what do you guys think about Blanca? Um he he was one of the more confusing points in the movie for me, I guess. Well, that was their way to also put Dalsim in, which is a complete botch of his character. Oh my goodness, it took me so long to pick up who Dalsim was. Right, Where? like I, and except for the fact that they name drop him right away, I'm like, no, it's not. I wonder if there was like a deleted scene with Dalsim, because near the end of the, well, at one point where they're in, like, when Blanca breaks out to protect Dalsim from uh, one of the henchmen, uh, Dalsim gets hit with the DNA mutagen, like it's poured on him, and they show like a brief second of him like looking at it on him, but then they never show it again, and then later at the end of the movie when the temple's like falling apart, spoilers, um, they come back for Blanca and Dalsim, and Dalsim's just like, no, we're gonna stay together. And he's bald now. He's just randomly fucking bald. At one point, he shaved his head. And I'm just wondering, because they kept the chains on him, as if Dalsim's character, like in the game, has chains on him. But I wonder if he also gained, like, a mutagen stretchy power that they just cut. Like, there has to be some cutscenes with that. Um, I, I I have a Mandela effect with this movie where I swear there was a Dalsim scene that's not there anymore. Like where he's all stretchy, de- stretchy no, and shit? No, not stretchy, but I definitely remember him in full get more than what he was shown from what we saw. Mm. Like, I feel I like... Swear, I swear there was one scene where he was fully bald with the rings. In his underwear. Or, and, yeah, straight <laughs> up. Like, so what you're saying is there's hopefully somewhere out there another fan-made version like the Mario Brothers. No, God, I hope not. <laughs> well, if it was, we'd be here first to review it. Um, yeah, so I guess, I guess we Jean Claude Van Damme cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we should continue on. Um, so it's kind of getting near the end of the movie at this point. Um, so Bison refuses to surrender peacefully, and he's ready to kill the hostages. How he plans to do so is to unleash Blanca. And, well, surprise, surprise, Blanca doesn't fucking show up. Who shows out of the fucking capsule? Jean-Claude coked up Van Damme doing a coke mile lawn air kick. Just <laughs> flat in the face of cancer-ridden Julia M. Bison. <laughs> um, the only time they got a, a game accurate move 100% correct, by the way, was that yeah, flash yeah. kick. And that's when it's like, finally... We're getting a street fight, street fighter <laughs> going on here. And, that, and then, not and only then... does he hit Cancer Rulia Jaw Jenkins once, does it twice in a row. Yes, <laughs> right off his fucking chair. <laughs> um, and so that's when everybody's like, "All right, everybody, Mortal Combat," <laughs> and everyone just fights. Everyone fights their brief protagonist that they had. Uh, Honda versus Zangief because of the only like big dudes and like they're just throwing each other 
through the fucking walls. Uh, at one point, like, the blood on uh, Honda's face actually shapes, like, the red symbol that he has on his face. And then Zangief has his giant fucking, like, acre of chest hair <laughs> pasted onto his body. <laughs> um, so another very accurate and his shorty shorts. So I got awesome powers vibes. <laughs> I got, and I got... Uh, Honda does do his uh, thousand hand slap, but it doesn't. He does. Like, it's, it's blank and you miss it, and it doesn't really look that good. Uh, yeah, but he does he does spam the fuck on <laughs> on uh uh yeah um anyway so like but the main fight that they're kind of showing is between uh bison, bison and, guile. and guile which um actually ends with guile electrocuting him but he kicks bison into the computer which electrocutes him uh but uh surprise surprise you find out that his tech suit that he wears uh, can revive him. It does like this cardiac, like like squeezing thing, and then it then it shocks him back into life, and then he does the greatest thing. He they don't do the psychic energy that Bison has in this movie. They do electromagnetism to create the Bison flight. Um, yeah, I I hate to expose my ignorance here, but. Did you say the psychic power is how he flies in the games? Yeah, he yeah, like he's, a... he's full-blown psychic in the game. Why do yeah. I not know that? Like, I remember him flying enough, around, but, like, when I played the game, I was, like, six, so I didn't pay attention to story, I guess. I um, mean, wow. they expected that. <laughs> like, he just flew, and I was six, so I accepted that, but I didn't realize he was psychic. That's, um... Okay, so I guess the electromagnet suit makes more sense i like his excuse though where he's like just like what powers the bullet train and i'm like you do realize how magnets work with a bullet train right like it's on a rail system because the magnets are shooting that motherfucker across the room so why aren't you being shot across the room like you have a lot of control over your magnetism um but he's doing some fucking straight up superman punches oh yeah which is which is the game i know but like is Raul Julia doing these motherfucking things? It's like this is great. <laughs> like this is badly great at the speed of a very poorly produced wire harness. Oh my goodness! <laughs> just just put him high up on the arc and just let go and watch him swing. <laughs> it, it is a uh, it is quite the uh, leisurely Sunday oh. drive of a psycho cutter. I... I feel like at one point, if if not, I, I hope in my head, like in the production fan thoughts is like at one point, Earl Julia, when swinging down with his fists, go, take this, you coked up barboon. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> just, oh, my God. When you really when you think about like the actor shooting this scene, it just adds to the ridiculousness of these of what's going on in the fight between these two um that really just steals the show this movie is a hot mess that like ah i <laughs> it brings so much joy <laughs> it, it, and it's it you no know, nowadays it's it's very thought of fondly by a lot of people i don't get it i really don't get how people hold it as like well you know what i think we'll discuss that towards the end 
yeah, we're getting there though. We're getting like this is kind of like where we're wrapping up. Cause long story short, so so Guile does the same fucking kick again and kicks him into a different computer. Can, but this time he's, he's... really dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Post credit scene where have you believe otherwise? But that I wasn't mean, in the theatrical, so because of the death of Julia. This is the death of Julia. So that's actually not even canon, I guess. Yeah, but um. So, like, force fields get disabled, shit happens, um, Jean-Claude throws a, a, a Me Too movement moment at Chun-Li, and then they strike, they all strike a pose, end of movie. Oh, so, and somewhere in the middle of that, Ryu does the Hadouken pose? He does the pose, yeah, but and, it, and, it does, and, like, a flash. It, there is, like, a slight flash of light from it. But uh, and Ken makes us believe that he at least knows the concept of what a Shuriyukin would look like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my and... knee can be bent for this, right? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. There, there's that scene where um, I forget which two guys they're like stranded and they open up that chest of full of bison bucks. It was uh, <laughs> yeah. It was it was Sagat and DJ. Yeah, Sagat yeah. and DJ. They they're just bailing from these fights to steal the money. Only it's like they forgot that it's bison bucks. Like, what right. do you think bison had in his fucking vault? It, o- like, other currency? He he tried. He already tried to pay you in bison bucks, and he was doing this ransom for twenty billion dollars. Put two and two together. He doesn't have dollars. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like he was just asking for the twenty billion so he could take a big hit in the economy and throw in his bison bucks. Like, I feel like Bison would have done a lot better nowadays with the whole Bitcoin situation, honestly. <laughs> right. Like, it would have been, because that's essentially what Bitcoin is. Okay, it's just no, a lot seriously. of bike and if Bison If they were bucks. to revisit, remake, reboot Street Fighter today, that's they should absolutely just make that, like, a core part of the thing is Bison yeah. Bucks, but it's going to be a digital currency, and it actually does pose a threat. So... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just picturing Maru Julia's face on the coin. Um, so, of course. Okay. Of course. <laughs> um, so, we're cutting. We're at the end of this now. Do we have any trivia that we want to say before we get into the final thoughts and grades? Uh, sure. I got at least one. Uh, this was John Claude Van Damme's first PG-13 film. Oh, okay. Doesn't mean he has to live his life by the PG. <laughs> I was going to say, does he go harder on R-rated? <laughs> <laughs> Does he have like a twenty thousand dollar cocaine budget on our radio film? <laughs> like, oh, this is a kids movie. I should probably cut this down. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Uh. Yeah. I wish I knew more about it. Uh, I had something, but uh, while we don't have time to go deep into it, I would re- be remiss if I did not mention that this movie spawned a video game. Oh my god, Street yes. Fighter, the movie, the video game. Yes, I forgot about that. <laughs> and they did the Mortal Kombat style where they take like the motion cap photos of the actors of the movie and threw them in the game. <sighs> yeah. Oh my god. It is an awful game, by the way. Don't don't go out of your way to find it. <laughs> okay, but that's exactly why I want to. I've ne- I did not know of this yeah. game's existence until a week ago, and now... I can't live if I don't play it at least once. 
It's, okay, I feel like noted. It's yes, we got to because I feel like I need to play <laughs> Raul Julia's Bison. Yeah, I feel like it's only right. <laughs> yeah, it will complete your fucking story arc, and you can die in peace. <laughs> yes, it would. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of course. We're doing it on a Tuesday. Um, I do want to give another piece of trivia, actually. So Raul Julia, uh, after he passed, uh. Then Mayor Rudy Giuliani at the time. Oh, that son of a bitch! I know, right? Um, <laughs> God, how the tables have turntabled. Um, <laughs> so, so November twenty first, he declared as Raul Julia Day. So technically, in New York, at least, uh, November twenty first is officially Raul Julia Day. Which, um, like we're recording this early, of course. That's what we do here. Uh, so that's why we're kind of aiming for this episode to be released in November. We can't do it on the exact day, but just so you guys know out there that, you know, honor Raul Julia on November. And I think that is a cool thing to do. I don't care who the guy was who did it. Fuck him. He doesn't know shit, but I mean, that's a good move. A real bison in his own right, if you think about it. Oh my God. No, no, he doesn't deserve it. Bison... Bison is at least a man of, like, some character. <laughs> I don't think Bison would be caught with his pants down in a Borat movie. <laughs> so, um, that being said, uh, let's do the final fucking uh, thoughts and grades. Uh, who wants to start? I'm going to have hand this one to Andrews. That's what I okay. say. Oh, man, don't, don't start with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll take the lead here. Uh, so... The movie was not good, but it wasn't <laughs> bad. I think it would have been a lot better had I seen it as a child. I, I think that's the case with a lot of those video game movies of the era. But really, the, it just got too bogged down with too many characters and too much oversight, uh, the micromanagement on the part of, I think, Capcom and the uh, studio. It's... It got pulled in too many directions, and it had an effect on the movie. Also, ten grand a week in Coke, that has an effect on the film, too. But <laughs> overall, all things considered, the, the, the circumstances under which it was made, it's really not bad considering the circumstances. I'm going to give it a middle-of-the-road 5 out of 10. Okay. All right. I guess it's my turn then. Uh... Take a deep breath. You got this. <laughs> well, it's kind of similar to how I thought about Super Mario Bros. Where I I honestly believe the, the story about how the film got made and all the production issues and stuff is more interesting than the actual movie itself. And I think it's doubly so in Street Fighter because outside of the Raw Julia bits... And one guile scene where he's like coked up on a podium and saying like, guys, you could go home or you could be cocaine champions like me. Which Let's is get on my most... invisible boat and ride off into the sunset. <laughs> which is the most ridiculous fucking speech I ever heard in my life. But <laughs> I digress. Um, the rest of the movie is actually just really fucking boring. And uh yeah. I, it doesn't have a lot of the same redeeming qualities that like Double Dragon and Mario Brothers has when it comes to stuff like set design, 
action pieces. Because, like, one thing we didn't really touch on, but the action in this movie is actually really fucking bad. Like, mm. abysmally bad. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. The acting is really fucking bad outside of Brawl Julia and Migna Wen and her crew. Uh, I mean, it kind of speaks for itself. We literally talked about Guile being coked up the entire time, and it shows in his performance, not in a fun way, in a really like, oh mm-hmm. my God, do I really have to sit through him talking again? Mm-hmm. Kind he of is way. a hot mess. Uh, <laughs> he wasn't bad, though. Dalsim's performance was also good. Sorry. Yeah, but he's in the movie for like a teetotal of two minutes. So, true, like, you can't. Zangief was kind of a relief in a. And, and a charming time he popped up. Oh yeah, but that, that's the thing. Like, yeah, you have your your little glimmers of hope, but like, I it's can get more. <laughs> I can get more of this movie just from like clips on YouTube than I would just sitting down and watching the movie from start yeah. to finish, right? There's so no. that's why I give this movie like a solid three out of ten, or if we're using like the eighth through D scale, like a D. Oh wow! Yeah, I. <laughs> I, outside of Raw Julia being the voice of God, and like, if I could have just had a short film where it's just the Chung Lee scene with Raw Julia, it'd be the best movie ever made, right? But it's not. It's like another two hours of bullshit. Yeah. In my opinion, that I yeah. I'm really harsh on this one. I didn't like it very much. <laughs> okay. Um. <sighs> So there's kind of like a regretful shamefulness I'm go- I have with my review here. Um, this movie's a goddamn guilty pleasure uh, that I'm open about. <laughs> so, because I don't disagree. I think you made a good point, like, you know, comparing to, like, uh, the Mario Brothers or um, the Double Dragon, which both are episodes that we have, or both movies that we have reviewed within the past couple years of The Junkyard. Just recently, the the Mario Brothers with the three of us. Uh, you're right. The sets in those movies, at the very least, because Double Dragon is just god-awful. Um, <laughs> but their set is interesting. Like Their, their whole backdrop uh, is very interesting. Where, and they also have a really good villain, too. I disagree. Anyways, so... <laughs> here, there. Sorry. Yeah, I, well, that's where I didn't feel very strongly. I feel like that was a waste of that, per, that actor's performance. Um, but so with this movie, uh, where it does it out of those three, just going off of those three thus far, it does very much lack like a unique background set piece, which is sad because that's what made Street Fighter so interesting. It wasn't just the characters in the video game, but also the 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 arenas that people fought in were also very interesting. Like the fact that there wasn't really there wasn't a scene where somebody's beating the shit out of somebody's car <laughs> uh, is a missed opportunity. But, uh, you know, that's, I think that's also more so ties to like, what is a problem or maybe like a kind of fun weirdness to, to nineties video game movie adaptations. They think that they need to not do the ridiculousness of the game, like with Mario brothers, but they need to try to do their own, thing that is part of like this 90s action movie blockbuster setup but with loose themed characters uh, associated with the game 
And that's a really missed opportunity because I think with this movie, if I think if the director did try to make this more like the video game, like actually show like these weird psychic moves or these like Hadoukens with the actual fire, like actually have some of this stuff. I think it would have been a more interesting movie, would have been more of an expensive movie, but we could have taken it from the cocaine budget um, <laughs> and easily finance this a lot better. But that being said, Raul Julia is just he he's my he's my one saving grace about this whole fucking film and we're watching this like yes I don't disagree with the criticisms I can't I'm not I won't deny it this movie is boring the action's boring a lot of parts of it don't make any goddamn sense and it's just so fucking convoluted and weird but every moment I get to see Raul Julia was a joy and I know that he made this movie uh, for his kids and it's his last performance so I think some of that kind of weighs on me as well because this whole piece is a in my mind is a Raul Julia uh tribute no not tribute but uh like fun campy swan song I would say uh and that is definitely influence in my grade here where I I I give it a solid B I I I I would give it worse scores if if there was any other movie and I didn't have the nostalgia connected to it. But mm-hmm. because of Raul Julia himself, I give it a so- solid M Bison. Of course, as a grade, <laughs> that's that's the only reason to see this movie. But yes, David's right. You could just see all the performances on YouTube. But if you just want to experience the movie and it's whole, just to experience it at least once, that's fine too. But definitely see Raul Julia's performances uh, at the very least. That's what I definitely heavily suggest. And uh, that's it for this uh, episode and review of Street Fighter on the Video Junkyard podcast. Uh, If you guys like what you heard, we are all over the fucking place. Plenty of episodes uh, to listen to and enjoy with your little precious ear holes uh on spotify soundcloud spotify yep and spotify now too uh and if you ever want to get a hold of us if you have any comments criticisms or even the dreaded witticisms uh you can find us on various social media platforms we are on facebook we are on instagram i think we're also on pinterest for some reason and with that being said uh I want to thank you guys very much for listening and taking the time to, uh, uh, you know, uh, listen to us <laughs> and, and support us. And uh, hopefully we're going to make more content down the line. Maybe we're even going to explore, like, the Mortal Kombat uh, sequels uh, in the 90s because we got a theme that, going on. Definitely got to hit up that Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. There's no fucking deny about it. Um, so we hope you have a good day or good night whenever you're listening. Uh, I've been Ryan Seiskel. I've been David Stoffergan. And I've been David... I almost said David Stoffergan, son of a bitch. (laughs) So it (laughs) continues. And I've been David Andrews. Have a great night, everybody. Good night, everyone. I almost said take a drink every time we say cocaine for a better time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness, we must have mentioned cocaine about a hundred (laughs) times. Welcome to the Video Cocaine Podcast. (laughs) You're as jacked up as we are. <laughs> Believe it or not, I only took fucking. Uh... Wow, that <laughs> joke's gone. Um...
That's the cocaine. What's it called? No, 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 no. What is the cocaine we had as children? Ritalin. <laughs> what is the cocaine we had as children? But, I mean, there's... You choose. Um, and they wonder why they won't let us be on the Big Boy Podcast. Cocaine. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. On Twitter, at Video Junk Pod, and on Instagram, as Video Junkyard Podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening, and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard. <laughs>